Hey, welcome into the Orlando Magic High Performance Podcast presented by Advent Health. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. Monday, April 27th. I hope everyone had a great weekend. And my guest on this week's episode is Samir Mehta. He's a physical therapist for the Orlando Magic. And he joins me now from his home. It's uh, episode five or six now of this podcast, Samir. And, and I've talked to some of your uh, compatriots in the high performance uh, department. And I'm glad you could stop and take a couple of minutes. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Appreciate you having me and happy to be here. Absolutely. Appreciate uh, appreciate the time for sure. As a physical therapist, Samir, let's just dive in a little bit. just want to know a little bit about your background and about your role um, day-to-day on the team. Can you just kind of take us through what your role is? And, and then in a little bit, we'll get into sort of how that's all changed over the past couple of weeks. Sure. Uh, currently, my role is a physical therapist with the Orlando Magic. Uh, I've been here now for almost about two years. And prior to that, I was in Washington, D.C. at um, Georgetown University Hospital, where I served as clinical supervisor there in in an outpatient physical therapy department. I was there for almost 12, over 12 and a half years. From there, I also uh, was involved with sports uh, heavily at the high school collegiate pro level, uh, March Madness tournaments the U.S. Marines, uh, U.S. Soccer Development Academy, all those things, and then kind of consulting at 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 all levels of sport. Uh, I also served as like a rehab director and a sports science and analytics um, person at uh, this elite baseball program where I did a lot of, uh, in addition to serving on the team for the health and wellness, but also researching, utilizing wearable technology in baseball. So that was a good experience as well, um, along with serving in, in a professor, adjunct professor at a university in that area. So my, my experience is kind of widespread. And then that led to my interests with utilizing technology and wearables in sport uh, to optimize our performance and reduce risk the best we can. And currently, in my day-to-day activities here, how that translated into my role here, uh, other than doing the day-to-day operation of, of a physical therapist, which involves uh, care of the athlete, ensuring that the athlete is okay to perform at a high level, uh, helping them recover from an injury, whether it be something acutely or something they're managing long-term. Uh, and then I, w- I would say some of the other big, big day-to-day operations involve uh, working with a large, high-performance team, uh, all in a collaborative effort to optimize the performance of, our, of each and every athlete. So we have a, a good, a fantastic group of professionals who all bring, we bring our minds together to optimize each and every guy on our team. When you say technology and wearables, is that is that kind of a, a specialty of yours? Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's a specialty. It's just an interest of mine, hmm. uh, utilizing data to, to make sound, informed decisions, uh, getting information uh, from the athlete on what, what they're doing and looking at that and helping us drive decisions in an objective manner. So kind of taking in the whole picture, subjective, objective always, but that was definitely something um, 
in this age of time that drove me down a different path. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're talking to Samir Meadow, physical therapist for the Orlando Magic. So uh, obviously a very varied background. How would you say, Samir, just w- when you when you decided to sort of dive into um, to this world, and, and obviously you did have experience with athletes, but what was it um, when you saw the level, uh, I guess, of uh, of resources and attention to detail and what it means to be a member of um, of, of a high performance staff on a professional uh, professional team, especially one you know, this high level, uh, one of 30 NBA franchises. What were some of the big challenges and, and what were some of the eye opening things you saw when you sort of uh, took your first step into this world? Yeah, I would say some of the uh, eye opening things was coming from a situation where like the financial support and the backbone on a professional team and and, uh, being around colleagues and even connecting with pro teams and pro athletes, just the resources they had, you knew it was simple to get what you needed if it meant improving their health or giving them an edge. Coming to a pro basketball team uh, where, you know, it's not necessarily a, an issue where you need a resource. It's not, it's more along the lines is how is that this resource if we purchase going to help us and is it something we can gladly utilize and purchase it, but is it something that's going to maximize the health and give us an edge or an advantage uh, and keep us moving forward, being innovative, adapting with the times. And I think that's where the magic are are great at the the financial support of, of purchasing things that are effective. And for example, before I came here, some of my training over time uh, that I've done for over a decade is uh, utilizing musculoskeletal ultrasound. And so I use that a lot uh, in my previous place of work at, at that level of sport and day-to-day in a clinical setting. <clears throat> and now when I came to the Magic, it, it was something that, that was a big passion of mine. So I, we obviously made a request and, and we made that part of our process. And we have something that we utilize not only in-house, but on the road as well. So that really ups our game and allows imaging to play a role and, and keep us on top of things. Do you know, or is it your guess that across, let's just take the NBA, for example, do you think across the NBA, most staffs similar to yours are doing some, or have similar practices and techniques, or is it very varied um, from staff to staff? I, are there different, you know, different organizations that are utilizing this, you know, sort of outside of the box and nobody else has even tried this before technology, or do you think it's pretty standard across the board? No, I think that's a good question. Uh, I think there are some common denominators there across teams within the NBA, especially. Uh, But I think there also are a lot of, there's a lot of variability because of the training that comes in with every every professional practitioner and some people lean towards certain technology they've had experience with or luck with and that they found reliable in their level and experience. And, and they're always, there is always going to be some sort of uh, reasoning to get a competitive edge, but I think there are some basic common denominators. It's just some of the other resources that are not always used. And, And I think we are one of the cutting edge teams. We utilize a lot of things that are, that are cutting edge and I don't think every team is using. So 
that keeps us on top of things. Well, almost across the board. I mean, I can speak from a broadcaster's perspective. Uh, innovation and fresh ideas is uh, a very high priority within the Orlando Magic organization. And so uh, certainly that's something that excites me about going to work every day. And I'm sure it's the same for you uh, and for the rest of the high performance staff. We're talking to Samir Mehta. He is a physical therapist for the Orlando Magic. Um, all right. So, so let's go back to to, I guess, the couple weeks prior to the suspension of basketball and even a couple weeks prior to the closing of the practice facilities, which I know in your world, um, that was really sort of the big, um, the big, I, I guess, seismic shift. A couple weeks prior, you know, we're, we're all sort of sensing, while wow, this might be, you know, as you see the numbers coming in internationally and what's going on in, in China and South Korea and Italy, we all had a sense that this pandemic could really alter our lives. Um, especially from a professional sports standpoint. But it, it was sort of a slow, I guess, creep. Like, I, I think we all were kind of making contingency plans. And then you had that Wednesday night in Oklahoma City, Rudy Gobert test positive for uh, COVID-19 before um, the game in Oklahoma City. And just like that, kind of our, our entire world changed. We suspended the season. Um, what was it, about 10 days, maybe two weeks after that, um, the practice facilities were closed down. How were you and your team, Samir, kind of putting in place some contingency plans and some ideas about what would happen if basketball was suspended and if practice facilities were closed? And then what was your world like? Um, we talked to Nathan last week about, you know, the 48 hours after practice facilities closed and, you know, driving around Orlando and dropping off equipment to all the players' houses and, and just sort of the upheaval that your world <laughs> was thrown into. Just take me back through kind of the process couple weeks prior planning that you guys put into it and then how to put all that into uh, into action when all those changes did come in. Yeah, I, th I think that's an experience, you know, every, not every, everyone is always looking towards, hey, something like that. How am I going to prepare for that? Uh, it is an upheaval, but you're really trying to move as fast as you can and, and plan accordingly. So we as a team kind of came together, wrote down some of our you know, whiteboard is some of our top priorities and individuals that we needed to get to, the ones that were rehabbing and, and currently injured. So we needed to make sure that our focus was towards them, but also the, the current guys who are healthy. Not knowing when we would return was something is very difficult to prepare for because you have no end time. Sometimes on your off season, you, you can put things in place, but you know when that person might come back and be allowed to come back and they may come on their own time. At this point, we didn't have any idea of that. And that's where quick planning, thinking on your feet, thinking outside the box comes into play. How can we provide the best resources for our guys to continue to stay healthy, continue to recover? Uh, and that's where we, we did go around uh, town delivering things to each and every uh, individual to give them those resources until who knows when, when they would have the things they need or if we didn't have them, they, they would be getting things as well. But that's from not only a training and, and rehabilitation standpoint, but also like a nutrition standpoint. Mm. So giving them the guidance they need, working with our, our team chef and our uh, registered dietitian there to, to get the right resources, get them the right nutrition and food ensure that piece of the puzzle is still being tackled. So that was quite an interesting time. 
and communicating with the guys and their uncertainty also also brought a lot of unrest because you're trying to get all this stuff to these guys to make sure they have those resources, but they're also unsure whether they should be communicating with you at this time or being in contact with you. They know you have the best interest in, in for them, but they're also weary about because the unknown, who has sure. it, who doesn't have it. So that presented challenges as well, uh, which we were able to hurdle over, but that was, that was all part of this process. Is it almost, I spoke with Lindsay about this, Samir, is it almost more difficult? Um, I, I know for, obviously in your world, having some sort of a finite timeline or, you know, we're going to rehab this injury within six to eight weeks, ideally. And so this is our end date and let's work towards that end date and then we'll go from there. Is it almost more difficult for like a nagging injury, like the elbow or whatever, as opposed to rehabbing a surgery at a time like this, because there is no finite end date, you know that no matter what, some you know at the end of the the NBA season, nobody's exactly a hundred percent, but you're going to get guys to sort of manage the pain and go out there and and hopefully be able to contribute to the best of their ability. I would think the nagging injuries and the pain tolerance and the kind of in between would be a little bit more difficult to manage at this point, even though you don't have basketball to sort of shove them out there, um, as opposed to, you know, you're going to rehab this injury, and when you get to this range of motion, you'll be ready to resume basketball activities. Is it is, is it any more difficult to rehab the, the sort of nagging kind of gray area injuries right now because you don't have any idea, like, what sort of a timeline you're shooting for? Yeah, uh, that's spot on, Jake. I, I would say both not only just these nagging injuries that you're dealing with that could be uh, something that you think is shorter term uh, but even someone who's recovering from a surgical pro- procedure and trying to get them back i think all those timelines and potential uh, projections you may have or what are called prognostic indicators mm-hmm. to get them back to uh, sport are, are kind of thrown out the door because you really have no idea where they're at you're the communication lines, I think, have changed. If we go back to what will change from this whole pandemic and how we will go about our life, I think the virtual process and communication, having Zoom calls and FaceTime calls, allows you to see the athlete and, and demonstrate to them, or you may take videos and, and share them with the athlete. But at the end of the day, you don't have a good grasp of exactly how they're doing until you see them. So you can project, but I think you're also weary of, of uh, throwing things out there without knowing the true legitimate response to that. Is that, is that part, Samir, is it, is it very specifically based on the physical contact? Like you actually touching the guy's knee and saying, how does this feel when I move it this way? How does this feel when I move it this way, for instance? Like you can't, you can't get that information on a Zoom call, right? Is that, is that the big difference there? Uh, yeah, yeah, more, more or less. I, obviously, that's like your eyes and having the objectivity to see it. Right. Also, you can't always grasp that from a from a, from a a video call. Uh, but you can get some good images, whether they be video or still images, photos, uh, them even videotaping what they're doing, how they're doing, it, and and looking at how at their movement profile, that gives you some good information along with their subjective response. 
sometimes you might they might have something that allows them to tell you how they're doing. Let's say they're increasing in weight or allowed to move more through more range of motion or their swelling is under control. Those are things you can see, but you're also trusting how they know their bodies and relaying that to you, which we do have trust in them, but seeing it and feeling it uh, and measuring it can sometimes obviously be more accurate. What would you say, we're talking to Samir Mehta, he is a physical therapist for the Orlando Magic. It's the High Performance Podcast presented by Advent Health, and I'm your host, Jake Chapman. What about for people at home, Samir? I, I, I would imagine there's a whole host of people who, um, you know, we're not talking about, I guess, the um, the level of interest or the level of resources poured into professional athletes when you're talking about somebody, you know, rehabbing a bum shoulder at home and they haven't been able to go to their uh, to their PT sessions over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, everybody, anybody I've talked to anyways has a plan and typically it's their doctor or their physical therapist who put it in place. We're going to do some rehab at home. We're going to be creative. Maybe we'll get some rubber bands involved. Um, I think there are a lot of ways, obviously, if you just look around your uh, your house or your apartment that you can rehab an injury and you can stay fit in times like this when everybody's cooped up. Um, but but what are some ways that people can, you know, just sort of off the top of your head, um, can stay limber and can potentially rehab um, a nagging injury at home without the access to a gym, to facilities um, or to, you know, to professionals? Yeah, I think there's a few components to that. If you have people who are maybe continue, were continuing physical therapy and they, they can't do telemedicine and virtually communicate all the time with their physical therapist or rehabilitative professional, then there are things that they can definitely do. Uh, the resources you have at home, whether you're communicating with the professional that's guiding you uh, via email and you can review videos, YouTube videos or, or videos that the professional might be sharing with you. At home, we have a lot of things that we don't realize that serve good purpose. Um, like our families, the humans we have can serve as weights <laughs> and our children uh, can serve as weights for, for, for us to, to lift if we're at that phase in our recovery. I also think things that are simple like uh, utilizing your stairs as, as height uh, of depth for your legs or joints to move against or resistance, uh, backpacks, you can fill them with all sorts of things. Mm. So that serves as weight. Uh, that's easy. And uh, you can adjust that accordingly to what you see fit in your body. So resources at home, I think, are, are endless. It's just how much of that are you thinking outside the box? And then around our, our homes, if it's not right inside your house, outside your house, uh, you can use different things and, and get to where you need to be without necessarily purchasing a ton of equipment. Like resistance bands are great and all, but you can really get a lot done with just your body weight and adding light resistance on top of that, whether it be a backpack or a human, <laughs> whatever, whatever uh, you can make do. Or a dog in my case. No, it's yeah. probably really good. It's probably really good um, advice. Samir, pandemic or no. I mean, I feel like so many people probably throw money um, at gym equipment and, and, and the next new fad. Uh, whereas if you look around, if you get a little bit creative, no, you, you probably shouldn't be, you know, lugging uh, household appliances over your back um, and bending over and doing 
uh, power cleans with the wash machine, but um, there is. I mean, they, they just look around and be creative. Um, there are a lot of ways for people to to sort of stay fresh and stay in shape. I do. I want to go back to basketball real fast um, before we go, Samir, and I appreciate the time this afternoon. The the fears and I guess the idea of the ramp up, and obviously we we don't have anything concrete yet, but basketball is coming back at some point. And I know your entire staff is probably concerned with, um, you know, how have players been able, and, and this isn't unique to the Magic, this is across the league, how have players been able to stay fresh um, and stay ready to go? And what does that, you know, that ramp up period look like? Um, from experience coming out of the lockout, we signed the CBA and it was a couple weeks from now, we're going to be playing basketball. And I know it's got to be sort of concerning um, to people who do what you do. So, I guess is the idea just making sure you have enough time for everybody to kind of ease back in um, sort of a, you know, a, a training camp type mentality at that point. How much does that concern you and, and what kind of practices do you expect to see in order to keep guys ready to go and um, and sort of, you know, avoid a rash of injuries of a whole bunch of guys diving back in? Yeah, Jake, and that's a great question. I think that, that is a burning uh, concern for I'm sure every single team and not just us. And like going back to what we just talked about, not having an idea of exactly what an athlete has done and having a general idea that they're communicating with you saying they did this X, Y, and Z, but not necessarily knowing for sure how much was completed and at what intensity. Right. That's something you can track on your own at home too, even if you're just rehabbing, but these athletes are used to, doing a certain amount of activity on a certain surface for a certain amount of uh, not only time, but intensity and how difficult it is. So when they come back to sport and playing, it's so critical to follow an appropriate ramp up of activity. So it's most important to probably underestimate what they have completed more so not to necessarily say that they didn't do what they needed to do. But if you underestimate as opposed to overestimate, then that can change, drastically change what you're going to have them do on the court and with the team. So I think we'll start out, you'll start out with an individual workouts, ramping that up slowly and ensure they're ready for that component before even team activities ensue. And then I know once team activities ensue, it'll follow a similar training camp type progression. You're having a slow, progressive ramp up before you're just running five on five up and down the court uh, for a period of time. So us, Coach Cliff and the staff are, are very in tune with that, and, and they know what's best. And doing this for so long, they know exactly what, what this involves. So I think that'll put us on the right track, but it's it's important to be cognizant of that for sure. And it- I guess it's reasonable to assume nobody's going to sell themselves short, right? <laughs> nobody's going to report to you that they did less than they actually did. It would probably be the opposite. It's like me in fourth grade with my book club. Uh, yeah, sure. I read seven books, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, and you're, you're exactly right. And that's only to their, to the athlete's benefit. Right. But if you assume that they did a lot and then you integrate them into more than what they have done, then that could be, a problem, right? So you're better off underestimating and saying, hey, let's just start out here. Let's see how you tolerate this for this week of time. 
and let's go from there. And then you can get a really good pulse of the athlete and how they're tolerant of the progression. Six weeks off of, of sport and, and even training can have a huge uh, impact on your body. No, it's going to be fascinating to see the way this um, the way this all shakes out. And I would love to check back in when we do get back to basketball uh, with not just you, you and the entire staff. You guys have been great uh, sharing information with this podcast. And certainly uh, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I know our Magic fans do as well. Uh, before I let you go, Samir, Dante Marcatelli told me I got to mention your Niners. Pretty busy couple days for your San Francisco 49ers. How do you feel about what they've done in the draft? A lot of changes for a team that came up just short in the Super Bowl, Samir. Yeah, totally. It's it's uh it's great that Dante told you to bring that up. Uh, yeah, I think they were they were quite active. Uh, you think you have to have trust in in Lynch and Shanahan during this time, uh, but the fact that we got rid of Goodwin, got rid of Brita, we had limited picks as it was, but I think they made some good moves. I I, I like the uh, Brandon Ayuk move quite a bit. Uh, I think that's something we really needed. Is a long. Uh, quick, aggressive receiver, especially with his wingspan being close to what Megatron's used to be. And that would be a great target for for Jimmy G, along with having some defensive lineman help after we uh, got rid of our ace. So I think that definitely will help. And they'll make some moves in, un, in undrafted free agents. So it'll get it'll keep us moving, and it's good to see them active and cont- continuing to try to push. To win again. Yeah, Lynch has done Lynch has done an amazing job, and you lose Joe Staley, obviously a, a, a stalwart there, but you bring in Trent Williams, another Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's I mean, amazing, amazing. Uh, the activity level is is uh, is awesome to see. I don't know who your team is, Jake, but I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, so we have plenty uh, of activity, and then we don't ever have any results to show for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. at the very least, they're interesting, and that is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you're right about that. But it was it was good to see actually some live sport, and I do have to say it was impressive to see how ESPN made that somewhat seamless. I didn't think it was going to be that seamless, uh, but to fact they were able to gather all this footage from everyone's homes all across the country, and it somewhat flow without having massive uh, technical difficulties was fascinating. I couldn't agree more. They did a the te- the technology and the production behind what they did. Uh, those are the unsung heroes there. And Trey Wingo did a great job. And I actually thought Roger Goodell did a great job, all things considered. I know people were making jokes, but it's a really tough spot two nights in a row uh, to be live from your basement or wherever he was. So I thought they did a phenomenal job. And I think moving forward, Samir, we might see that format a little bit more. I would rather go live to a kid's home and see his parents responding than you know, listen to four dudes uh, yucking it up on set in Nashville, Tennessee somewhere. Um, so I, I, I think they did yeah. a good job. And and kind of like we were talking about, Samir, I think moving forward, some of these practices, we're never going back to the way it was before. I mean, a, a lot of these things are going to be, um, you keep hearing people say the new normal, but, you know, for Zoom meetings and working from home and a lot of this stuff, uh, we're going to use this moving forward. Like this is going to change us, um, I think, it, you know, permanently. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it'll change us in in probably a positive way and a more adaptable way. Right. That that people weren't used to before. And this will it will make us stronger in the end. I think we'll be better. We stay optimistic, stay positive. There will be better days. 
And those days when they come will be great, but I think a lot easier than they are now. Uh, but change forever, for sure. Absolutely. Very well put. He's Samir Mehta, physical therapist for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Samir, thanks so much. Great information today. And let's do it again sometime, okay? Great. Great connecting with you, Jake. And thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much. This has been the Orlando Magic High Performance Podcast presented by Advent Health. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. We'll be back next Monday. Have a great and a very safe week, everybody.